Welcome to the Terminal Value Podcast, where we bring you business-focused interviews with thought leaders and executive decision-makers to deliver actionable information for founders, CEOs, and finance leaders to take your organization to the next level. I'm your host, Doug Utberg, and I'm looking forward to getting the conversation started. Welcome to the Terminal Value Podcast. We have Nick Cavuto with us today. And what we're going to be talking about is actually trying to retain people in the midst of the great resignation. Now, this is one of the many topics that uh, that, that uh, Nick has experienced with. Uh, but there's actually an article that I read recently, which is that one in four people uh, who were surveyed are planning on quitting their job in 2022, which is when this is being recorded. Uh, so if you think about that, that means there's going to be an unreal amount of turnover. Uh, and I think the, you know, the, the biggest thing, especially that if you're talking about as a decision maker or leader, is to think about, okay, how do you make sure to retain the people that you have? Because the labor market is so tight that trying to go out and find more people is really tough. Now, if you're interested in doing that, there's lots of people, myself included, who can help you with that. Uh, but you know, from a te- from a continuity perspective, you probably want to make sure to retain those people to begin with. Uh, with that said, Nick, don't let me talk the whole time. Introduce yourself. <laughs> hey guys, what's going on? My name is Nick Cavuto. Thank you so much, Doug, for having me here. I appreciate it. Um, I'm I'm so grateful, and this is such a wonderful topic um, because you know I spent my early parts of my career in startups and Fortune 500. I was managing over a billion dollars worth of products at 26. I'm now 34, just to give some context. And uh, I experienced this exact issue. I'm a classic maverick inside of organizations. I'm not the smartest kid in the room type of you know attitude. Um, but what I do know is that I put in the time, put in the work. I have a level of practitioner ability that my leaders didn't. And so we're going to talk about that today around just that big idea, man. People want to work. Yeah. The challenge is what happens when they don't want to work for you? That's what we got to have a conversation about right now. <laughs> well, and I think that's um, that, that's actually kind of interesting because, of course, right, you know, so where I'm at, uh, you know, I'm I'm at the tail tail end of the Gen Xers, right? I'm I'm one of the very first Gen X, or actually the one of the very last Gen Xers, um, and you know, of course, the you know the the traditional kind of Gen X baby boomer. Um, you know, kind of, you know, thing is that they go, okay, well, this generation, they don't want to work. And it's like, well, no, it's not that they don't want to work. It's that they don't want to work for you. <laughs> There's right. a big difference there. Yeah, dude. I mean, a hundred percent, you know, I think that's the number one challenge that a lot of people face is that, and that's what I faced in the startup world and in, yeah. in corporate America, my level of growth and competency was growing so quickly that the organization couldn't keep up. You know, it's like having, you know, Sonic the Hedgehog on the Titanic. Like you only can do so many laps before you're like, I, I want off this ride. And that's what happens with people who have crazy high competence, who are true mavericks, people who are going to actually be the ones to create the, the game changing opportunities within your organization. Those people are running tired. They want off the ride because they are not getting what it is that they want. And that's the primary part of the conversation. Whenever I'm chatting through this with people, yeah. uh, it has to come down to like, have you asked them yet what they want? And you'll, it's unbelievable. The answer is usually no. Well, well why, why would I have to ask them what they want? Yeah, no, they work for me. Why would yeah, I have to yeah. ask them what they want? They need yeah, to get to work. I, well, yeah, yeah, it's not about what they want. You know, they, they work for me. Why, why would I ask them that? And you wonder why 25 million people in this next year will quit their jobs. Yeah. And, you know, I think the interesting thing, Doug, is, you know, there's kind of two options. And we can, we can kind of kick this can down the road here for a second. You know, you have the option for them to go all in on themselves. So yeah. let's call it classically entrepreneur. You kind of the solo yeah. practitioner, if you will, 
or they're going somewhere. They're going to take their yeah. competency somewhere else because there's a supply and demand issue. People are leaving. They know that other people want people. And just the other day, for the sake of research, I was looking into this and I'm, I'm in Denver, Colorado. Yeah. At North Face, they're, they were hiring a uh, like chief brand strategist for $350,000 a year. You couldn't have got that job a year and a half ago for, for that compensation level. Yeah, not even close. Uh, yeah. Not, e not even in the same stratosphere. So the concept is you're going to pay more for the next person, or you can keep the person you have currently, which I know you know a yeah. lot about those two subjects, even certainly more than I do. But that's, I think, the tension that people are managing. And it's kind of like when your kids get caught, if they're doing something they're not supposed to be doing. Um, it's It could be an awkward conversation with them, but it's so as long as there's emotional safety yeah. for the yeah. other party, they'll be honest. They'll be unbelievably honest uh -huh. and have the proper intent to not twist their arm into stain but to truly actually giving a crap, which I believe is the mess, best marketing strategy you can ever have is to actually care. So be it if you got to resell yeah. the person on the idea to stay in your organization, show up with intent that actually doesn't only come out of your mouth that says that you care, but they can feel it in your actual being that they truly want you to stay. And I think that that's the conversation. It's the table, yeah. it's the transformational table, right? It's the it's the, yeah. hey, pull up a chair, let's have a conversation, not at my desk, but let's go grab a drink or let's go yeah. you know, grab something to eat and just have a human conversation. It's it's shocking to me how much that does not happen. Yeah, well, and I remember one of the things that I used to say to the people who worked on my team was, was you know, I said, hey, look, I just want to do cards on the table. I want to have a, you know, really, really, you know, basically, you know, just transparent, constructive relationship. So, you know, if you're looking, tell me. And if, and if moving on is really the right thing, I will do everything I can to help you find the right spot. Um, because I knew that even if I lose someone, if they're engaged while I have them versus trying to look on the sly, uh, you know, I would rather make sure that I have them fully engaged. And you know, hidden benefit is that uh, if somebody's been around for more than a few years, they'll know working for somebody who actually cares about you that much is comparatively rare. There's not that Very many rare. out there. Um, and so a lot of people, oddly enough, were kind of hesitant to leave that, even though I made it very clear that if they felt like it was the right call, mm. that I'd do everything I could to help them. Uh, totally. and, you know, I don't know that that's the answer, but I think that's part of it, which is just really have that, have that honest, transparent conversation and, you know, and then help create that engagement by being willing to help them find their next step as opposed to feeling like they have a set of iron links around their feet and they're chained to working with you. Yeah, dude. No, you're hundred percent correct. I mean, just to, you know, talk about the elephant in the room. Let me just tell you exactly what people want because it wasn't that long ago that I was in the same position trying to get what I wanted yeah. and I couldn't get it right now. The tables have turned. It's, it's kind of interesting. Like I get pinged all the time from headhunters trying to hire me for organizations. So here's the deal. Number one, they want more money. That's the bottom yeah. line. People will stay for money. Why? Because it's the consequence of doing what you love well. Yeah. So you're yeah. honoring the great work they've done. In addition, you're making an investment in them that they can't deny. And people work for money. That's the bottom line. Some genius came up with the concept of paying people hourly. They were able to literally put a dollar amount on something that's infinitely priceless. So whoever did that, you're a genius, but it certainly has caused some interesting complications as the human experience has continued to evolve. But the number one thing is money. The number two yeah. thing is freedom. I mean, time freedom, location freedom. They yeah. want to do what they want to do when they want to do it. And I promise you, people who are in the millennial kind of circuit, like I yeah. am, they will literally rather be homeless than live by your terms, doing what you want them to do when you want them to do it. 
It's just simply not the way that they see their friends or other people their age doing life because now there's this, this discrepancy. And listen, I grew up in Rochester, New York. This is the home of Xerox and Kodak, where the mindset of that community is you get a job at a big business and you work there for 40 years and you never leave. That's well, what we're yeah, talking about. I, I was going to say, yeah, that, 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 that's how I grew up. That, that, that's what everybody was supposed to do. That, that, that's how you prove you're a responsible adult, you know? And well, because, you know, I'll, I'll put another level on this is that, okay, yeah. yeah, you're, you're supposed to get a job at a big business, now buy a house, and then buy a bigger house, and then have a kid and buy a bigger house, have another kid and buy a bigger house. And, you know, look, well, because like, you know, where, where, I, where I was at, you know, when I, you know, when, when I had my situation where a new CIO came in, uh, laid off all of the old guys' inner circle, where I was the first one on the list and i'm like okay i've got this big mortgage and i have two kids going to private school what am i gonna do <laughs> um, totally man that's the whole game right it's like at the end of the day that's that's where people arrive to that situation and i think people are starting to realize now that like well maybe i don't need the bigger house maybe i don't need the bigger car maybe yeah. there's a way because this expansion of freedom money's required like gas in a car mm -hmm. no point in owning a car if you don't if you can't afford to put gas in it right so it's just gas. So no one really gives a crap about the gas, but you got to have enough to do what you want to do. So it's this kind of wanderlust is a big uh, attraction. I mean, I'm watching people who are in their early 50s do the same thing. I've been doing this for this long. And, and you know, I just want to do something different. Finally, this is the gift that that the experience of a global pandemic has given us. Yeah. People had an external problem that changed the conversation yeah. of the internal reality because they had to actually check themselves at the door and go like, do I really want to keep doing this? Or they spent the last year and a half with their kids at home and now you want them to drive back to the office and sit in three hours of traffic again every day? Yeah. Good freaking luck. It's never going to happen. So if you are in a position of where you want to retain the talent that you have and or the other opportunity, you want to attract the best talent that's available, you need to understand that it's, it's like the buyer-seller market in, yeah. in housing. You are on the opposite side of the table and they are in control the consumer be it the employee is in control now and you better listen very keenly on what they want and organizations need to even improve and diversify what their strategies are specifically around retention because it's going to take more money than they've ever yeah. spent before ever yeah no, undoubtedly that's, yeah that's and well and because i think there's one thing you said that i kind of want to unpack a little bit which is that, um, you know, because like in, in my current role, you know, a part of the reason why I selected kind of the, um, that I, I refer to my life as a combination of hustles, right? There's, you know, I, I, have, I have one set of hustles doing this podcast, which is what we're doing right now. There's another set, which is where I work on, uh, or, you know, I, I partner with a company that does uh, IT headcount resourcing and managed services, do business development for them. And then another one, I also do business development on expense reduction consulting business. Uh, and so, but the, a part of the reason why I selected the, this combination of events is because of time flexibility, because I really view wealth as more discretionary time than an amount of money. So like, for example, you know, if I get paid four or 500,000 bucks and the company owns me, um, you know, and I have to do exactly what they say, when they say, go where they say, when they say, that's, that's not desirable. I go, okay, yeah, you'll accumulate a whole bunch of zeros in the bank account. But if you don't have control of what you're able to do, then what good is it? <laughs> It's like being in prison with a passive income yeah. business. What is, what good is it? 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's yeah. What 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 good is it? You know, it's it, it's really to me, it's really about being able to gain control of your time and activities. And you know, the thing is, you know, if you're you know, if you don't have a lot of financial obligations, you know, if you're not locked into a mortgage, if you don't yet you have a family, you can do that for a surprisingly low with a surprisingly low amount of in, of income. It doesn't take all that much to live if it's just you. And so you mm -hmm. can be really picky about where you decide you want to live. Absolutely. I mean, you look at the boom in Southeast Asia. Yeah. I mean, that's just going to continue happening. Um, and people are just creating life on their own terms. That's the bottom line. We had an external yeah. crisis. It completely impacted the internal and philosophical problems that people face. And it's going to take like turning the Titanic around and doing a U-turn. Yeah. That's how long it's going to take for corporate to catch up and it's going to be too late. So for the folks who are listening to this, who can have an edge on it, uh, I left corporate about eight years ago. Um, and so for me, that decision was because when I was presented with an opportunity, I said, you know, hey, uh, here's the deal. Um, I want to go do something different. In the first uh, three months, I was able to triple every single area of the business I was responsible for. That's added, I don't even, God knows how much money to your bottom line. I want more challenge. I want more yeah. opportunity. I want more money. I want more freedom. And what they weren't able to meet in my equation was money, um, freedom, or challenge. That, so that's, that's what we call like a major nothing. loss. They, they <laughs> literally did nothing. Now, here's the funny thing. I was still there when they reposted the position. They reposted it for $40,000 more than what I was making. Do you see what I'm saying? But this is yeah. the standard operating system of how this stuff goes down. So then I see that. What did that do? Uh, high levels of lack of trust. Um, you know, and now I work as a consultant and I work inside people's businesses all the time. But it's on my terms. This is how this yeah. is going to go down. If you want my brain, you're going to deal with the way that this relationship is going to work. And I'm also just because I have my brain and I have boundaries. And yeah. I think that's the missing link is like our boundaries are fractured around the time spent, not the result produced. So therefore, there's a again, a discrepancy, mm -hmm. because if I could do the job faster and more efficiently and more effectively, then why should I be compensated less for that? It just makes no sense. Yeah. The bottom line is this give people what they want if you want them to stay you better throw them the most banger party ever and give them what it is that they want and you've got to ask the question what do you want how can we help you what is your life plan what's the next year two years three years have a freaking human conversation not an hr conversation because nobody trusts hr yeah. we all know that have a human conversation and be very clear and if you can't get what you need to keep your people you should quit too oh that's that that's um there's a, I was going to say, there's a lot to chew on there. Um, but, but yeah, well, and because I, that, that's actually one of the things that I, I keep thinking about because it's like you said, a lot of, a lot of times, right. In order to refill a role, you'll have to post it at a higher compensation. Well, it, it's, it just perplexes me why so many companies are so reluctant to try to review their internal comp structure because a lot of them have fallen behind. And so, you know, like, for example, you know, if, if somebody can leave and get 20, 30, 40% more uh, with, yeah, I don't know, what, less than a month of search, you should really be amazed if you're able to retain them at all. Oh, yeah. I mean, I went from, you know, making a, a small six figures, just kind of entry yeah. level six figures uh, at the company. They reposted it for about $40,000 more. And the job that I got was for $300,000 a year. So they would have had to pay me about 200 grand to make up the difference. But isn't that funny that I got headhunted by an executive from HubSpot, the competitor yeah. Salesforce, on a new venture that they were going on because of a case study with a company previously that I had uh, done services for that was the first startup I ever worked for. So they came and found me and guess what they said? Just tell us what you want. 
classic. Is it what a contrast, brother? Of here, we're we're gonna give you peanuts. It's an empty suit, lack of practitioner ability. I literally tripled or I doubled three different lines of business. Most yeah. people had one. I had three. I did it in, in 90 days. And then it's like, yeah, no, we we have nothing left for you. There's no skill improvement. There's no extra money. There's no extra freedom. We will literally not reward you. Oh, I forgot. They did give me something for my year, for my year uh, uh, incentive. They gave me $5,000 that would vest over the next five years. And I told them to shove it. I ripped up the piece of paper. I threw it out. My Thank God my uh, boss was remote. And I sent her an email and I said, this is kind and generous simply because I know that you fought for this for me. And I quit. It was unbelievably clear to me that they were in it for themselves and not for me. Well, Guys, the table has turned. That's the yeah, bottom yeah. freaking line. The table has flipped. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's that's uh, um, ab yeah, c completely. I mean, and uh, let's uh, let's kind of dig into that a little more because because okay, so like you know, I'm thinking you know you know let let's say that you are a kind of a value human action oriented manager and you're inside one of these corporate structures. You go okay, so you know so raising someone's comp by 40%, you're probably not going to get approval to do that because you're going to have to go through management and HR chains. Okay. But, you know, as you know, comp, of course, is something you can't ignore, but it's not everything. Uh, in, your, in your experience, what is it that people can do if they don't have that money lever that they can work with, or if they're having to go through the, jump through the hoops to try to get the money lever addressed? Yeah. I mean, that's a great question, man. I think the first thing is this, um, People who are very driven to, to do something really great and who are rather uncomfortable yeah, with the status yeah. quo are probably going to leave anyway. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. it's just COVID has given them a reason why, because they've had to do too much internal seeking and understanding yeah. of what do I want? Where am I at? Too many conversations at home around what should we do? Because when they thought they were going to lose their job, they might as well have lost it. So their gears in their mind of, that yeah. were turning of now, what do I want to do or what should I do? immediately their portal of I'm going to go get a different job. It's almost like if the CEO made a moral failure of a big company and they're like, this is going to sink the ship. It's, it's that level of seeking and looking. So it's already too late because there's new information that new data that's going yeah. to cause their minds to shift as far as, you know, what those variables and equations and outcomes will be. Um, so if they're super highly driven, um, if they're a really strong go-getter um, and they, you know, at least at that time, I only had one kid. So like, I didn't have that many, I have four now. So it was a different <laughs> circumstance of what let's call it safety looked like, but let's yeah. just apply it to Maslow's. If they have safety knowing they can get something that they want somewhere else and they're not going down, they're going to want to ascend, meaning going higher. Yeah. So if you're a hiring manager that has a maverick inside your organization, I call them, there's three things. There's mavericks, there's magicians, and there's marketers. Because in my world, that's the people that I talk to mostly. So those three prototypes, and you can insert marketer with IT professional, or you could call it a yeah, you know, C-level, yeah. whatever. It's just whatever the industry type is. You kind of have like just your worker B person who's been there for 25 years, and they might be like, well, maybe I'll just retire. That's a different conversation than somebody who's in the first 10 years of their career yeah, wanting to do yeah. something freaking incredible. And you have to look at it from an ROI perspective. You know, I would go to bat with HR or the powers to be based on that individual contributor's mm -hmm. uh, attachment to the bottom line. Most companies, at least that I've talked to in the sectors that I've worked with, are typically looking for about a 4x ROI on an individual salary. Yeah. So if you go in that thesis, for me, I was managing a billion dollars worth of products, making $100,000 a year. This equation was really screwed up. There was too much going on that didn't make yeah. sense. So you kind of extrapolate and pull that backwards and go like, okay, what can I do for this person? And the best thing you might be able to do for them is tell them you can do nothing. 
do not possess onto people so hard that you cannot have an open hand because that's not your role. That's what we call the universe or God. That's their role. And you don't want someone to stay who A, doesn't want to, or B, it's not part of their destiny. That's not part of their unique divine life. Um, And you don't want to force your hand into that. But I think it's simple. Make the math work. If the math doesn't work, let them go and help them. Be a freaking human being. Help them. If you've got connections in the industry, help them. Do something. Like this is, we are in an existential crisis for a lot of people. Do you know how many divorces are going on right now? I'm sure there's quite a few. Earth shattering, earth shattering. The the stats from what's going on in in people's lives right now, when we see that in 5, 10, 15 years, it will blow people's minds because it's just not a conversation people are willing to have right now. Well, and the one that I'm really wondering about, because just the, uh, from all the kids who spent that year at home, uh, and so, you know, like, fortunately, you know, uh, my kids, they're, uh, they're both at a private school, um, but after expensive private school, but, <laughs> but I digress, uh, I'm so yeah. thankful that they're able to go, uh, but, you know, they had a very good virtual experience, you know, very engaged teachers. Uh, I know, I know there were a number of kids who were in some of the public programs, you're know, not trying to bag on public schools here, but they had a much less engaged experience. I know in like where I'm at in Oregon, I think in 2020, they had no evaluation at all, no grades uh, for, for like, for, for that 2020 school year. And it's like, well, that's, wow, okay, that's, yeah. wow. how, how do you expect them to have an engaged experience if they're not being evaluated? And yep. so what I'm wondering is, it's like the, that combined anxiety for like this whole generation of kids that were going through school during all this, uh, what's it going to look like 10, 20 years from now? Well, I look at energy as really the the telling line you know kids are resilient that's one of the things i'm grateful for because i do have four kids between zero and six um and you know i watched uh, our daughter we're in denver and in private schools in denver didn't miss a day of school not one that's um that's just our county was you know uh that's just how it ran and so our kids had a wonderful experience and uh on the onset you know we had two families that are in our neighborhood and we're like hey let's all hang out and don't hang out with anybody else it's too late we found out about this too late and we've already been doing it so let's just all stay together and that's that was our pact of like trying to not allow uh, constricting anxiety and fear be our reality um it doesn't mean there weren't scary things happening don't get me wrong it's not like i'm living in some delusional reality um, Mm -hmm. or some conspiracy theory I'm going like, what is best for my kids right now? How can I make the best real-time decision for them? And I felt like global constriction, energy that is constricting, that's pulling in based off of fear and off Uh of illness will not be my North Star. So I made a decision very simply to go like, okay, the best thing that we can do right now is to take each day as its own and to do the best that we know how to do with our kids and with our family. And we just, chose to do that. And I think the byproduct of like, you know, kids that were not able to have an experience or were not evaluated or, I mean, think about this. There's homes where there's abusing parents, people, parents who are abusive and alcoholics. These kids, school was their outlet. And now they were trapped inside the house with a monster. There's going to be so much that's happening. But this is why I'm saying work and life are a mirror to one another. All you're seeing is people going through massive uncertainty. If we focus on the six human needs, massive uncertainty, they're going to find a way to find certainty for themselves. When the corporation used to give it to them, the kids are doing the same thing. They're looking at what is my certainty? What can I count on? How can I, you know, parents are anxious and 
there's all these things going on. I just said, we got to keep an open hand and not a closed fist. Closed fist is for yeah. fighting and your open hand is for an invitation. And so it also gives you the ability to give freely without yeah. expectation yeah. of return. And dude, that's what we chose to do, man. So what is it going to look like? It's going to be a complete, you know, uh, uh, crap show. We'll say that. It's going to be a very interesting thing. My hope is that uh, people do not overlook the power of cognitive brain therapy, um, of, you know, working through things, through uh, uh, dictation, talking through things, having conversations at home, not being afraid of the monster in the room. Because at the end of the day, I think for, for a lot of kids, trauma in our lives today showed up from when we were younger, simply because yeah. it were trapped emotions. We never got a chance to talk and process it. Yeah. So pull up a, t a chair, like I'm telling, you know, the, the corporate guys who are listening yeah. who need to keep their talent to pull up a chair of their employees, please do the same thing with your family and have the conversation yeah. and have the honest truth thing of like, what's best for all of us right now and keep it freaking simple. Yeah. Well, Okay, I, I was so normally at the end of the end of these interviews, I ask for like one one last really great piece of wisdom, but I I, I don't think we can top that. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, so so let's do this. Uh, let everybody know where they can find out more. Uh, give out your website so people can uh, can get some more Nick. Absolutely. Well, I'll just kind of restate this general idea about me. Uh, I'm a people catalyst for the biggest brands in the world. Um, I spend my time around you know C-suite executive offices. And also uh, spending time with entrepreneurs. And so I have an interesting reality of being on both sides of the field. It's like I play baseball and basketball together and I'm a pro at each. So it's a lot of fun, uh, but yeah, nickcavuto.com, N-I-C-K-C-A-V-U-O-T-O.com. And uh, yeah, you can hit me up on social media at Nick Cavuto, uh, wherever they're social, I'm there. So feel free to All say right. hey. Outstanding. Well, hey, Nick, I really appreciate your, uh, you taking the time today and everybody listen, hope you have an awesome rest of your day. Good luck, everybody. Much love. We'll see you. All right. Thank you for listening to the Terminal Value Podcast. Please feel free to visit me online at www.terminalvalue.biz where you can subscribe, find me on social, and then we can connect and just keep the conversation going. I'm really looking forward to hearing from you, and I hope you have a wonderful day. All rights reserved. No part of this broadcast may be produced in any form by any means without written permission from Business of Life, LLC. All trademarks and brands referred to herein are the property of their respective owners.